Omni Amsad Studio, Akidibo 88.7 FM. Welcome to Digging Deep. Protesters first took to the streets in the first week of October, holding banners reading respect for human rights and a more equal society, and chanting, How many people says go? The protest was a call for an end to police brutality and extrajudicial killing in Nigeria. On October 20, 2020, the protest came to a violent end. Events that followed would lead to the loss of lives and property across the country. Or your state was not left out. I am Zainab Sani and I welcome you to Digging Deep, a human angle and investigative program on Agidigo 88.7 FM. On today's episode of Digging Deep, we bring you the stories of those still in detention and the pains of those who lost loved ones to the NSAS protests. Jimo Isiaka was a young Nigerian trying to make ends meet in the city of Ubumosho. His brother, Jimo Jamyo, recalls the fateful day he was killed on October 11, 2020. <laughs> True to God, I was at the front of my shop when they passed by. I was at the front of my shop. There were three, he and his friends. I suppose they were going somewhere or they were going to mommy's place because mommy's place is not far from police barracks. It's not far at all, but what I saw about 15 or 30 minutes later was that one of our brothers passed by carrying him on the bike and people were shouting, Jamil, Jamil, Jamil. He wasn't one of the protesters at all. He wasn't there at all. In Ibadan, your state capital, there were several focal points for protesters, but on 20th October 2020, all attention turned to Ojo. Of particular interest was the Ojo police station, which was burnt down by angry youths. The death of 15-year-old Abdul Kodos Agbolade was the trigger. Olabode Anisoloja has been an integral part of the story. He shares the details. Abdul Kodos Agbolade uh, was a 15-year-old boy a uh, GSS theory student of a Methodist high school, Bodija Ibado. On October 20, 2020, while the the protest, the NSAS protest was going on in Lagos, Lake it all get in Lagos, uh, a group of boys, young guys, also were staging protests at the Ojoran about Ibado. Kudu Sagwaladi was not uh, among the, this group of people. He was, uh, although he was a student of a Methodist GSS study student, but he also worked as a welding apprentice with his boss around the Ojo Monia area. So he was on his way to Monia 
on that morning. When he got to Ojo roundabout, he got stopped. He couldn't move on again because there was no movement of vehicles. There was no movement of anything. And a lot of people were there. As a young boy, he stayed there. He was looking around as well. Suddenly, something happened. Uh, the group of boys staging protests. Some boys were playing ball on the street, on the major road, on the express. Um, and the ball, they played the ball into the premises of the uh, Nigerian police force station at uh, Alakara Ojo Ibado. And uh, there was a pandemonium, there was confusion, the police has refused to release the ball, and the, the boys were shouting, release our balls, release our balls, release our balls. Eventually, the ball was released to them, and there was uh, something like, <laughs> something just erupted, and uh, a police officer just pulled a trigger, and he fired his shots. Uh, the first bullet hits Abdukudu Sagbolade in the leg, and the boy let down on the ground. He was crying. He even shouted the name of the police officer because he could read the name on the badge of the police officer, and he was even begging the police officer. And before some guys could rush down to Kudu Sagbolade to help Kudu Sagbolade help, and uh, uh, the police officer fired the second shots at Kudu Sagbolade, and that shot hits Kudu right in the chest and he died immediately. The NSAS protest was an expression of the frustrations of young Nigerians at the spate of extrajudicial killings by security operatives in the country. This was after the video of a man killed by the police in Ugeli Delta State went viral. During the heat of the protest, a statement released by the presidency said it had approved the five-point demand of the NSAS and end police brutality protesters. One of the demands referred to is the release of all persons arrested and justice for victims of police brutality. But one year later, nine people remain in detention in Ibadan, the Oyo state capital. Okay, now um, let's talk about the nine people that you demanded for their release during the protest on Wednesday. How did these nine people get into the police detention? Yeah, these were really happened. No. On that fateful day, NSAS protests did not started on the twentieth. It started on the on the fifth of October at Dube. And when it proceed day one, day two, but on the twentieth makes or marks a remembrance day. So after the incident on the twenty first, everybody still convoyed there to watch what is going on, to monitor. Twenty second, it was around November 13th, that is when the picking of people started in Ibadan here. So are you saying that after the protest, that people were targeted and picked up for participating in the protests? That's the claim delay. According to the count being levied against these guys, that's what is there. They said NSAS protesters. How many of these nine people do you know personally? Um, should I, let me say five, minimum of five. And you worked with them and you were with them and you saw them during the protests? These personalities, they are not at the parike. Because this was a bringing issue. They are not at the parike. Because with the biography of each of them, if we are to start analyzing from one one person to the other, it takes a lot of time. There is this guy, Adeshi Nadimuiwa. 
he sells Okurika clothes opposite the station. That's where that's Ojo police at station. Ojo police station. That's where he sells. Okay, so so allow me. Sorry for cutting you, but I need to get this very clearly. These people were arrested in connection to the burning down of Ojo police station. According to their claim. That's the claim, right? According to their so, claim. So run us through about three or four of those people. Yeah. Adeshino Ademuiwa. Adeshino Ademuiwa. He sells clothes at Ojo roundabout opposite the station. Sadiq Ario. Afis Ariel, that's two brothers. Brothers, in which their father is a chief council person at the local government. So, he has been the representative. When you know every community, they have their youth wings, mm. and when you have this uh, alarm of maybe armed robbery or the other sort of things boys will all come out to safeguard the community. So anytime they are discussing about the security matter of our job, these guys will always be summoned due to the position of his father and also his role in the community. So he's familiar with the, all the, almost all the DPUs. Hmm. And at times, the, the, post, the in present, um, what is it called, the DPU then, familiar with him because anytime you have a new DPO in the community he or she we have to go and meet the community leaders first so during the security submit they've known one another and they've been seeing him and at times when they have any issue with some miscreants in this society they will have to call them that see you can assist us in sending these people away so that was Afiz Ario. Afiz, um, that was Sadiq Ario. Okay. The younger brother was picked that he will know where his brother is living. Hmm. So after picking him, after picking him, so when even when they were going around 3 a.m., they passed through the father's house. When he wants to shout, he was hanged with a gun. They placed the gun in his mouth. That if you talk, that's the hand. So he couldn't make any sound till, but the father could only perceive the footstep of people walking at his door. That's all he know. Before the wife could come and raise the alarm that daddy wa ma baba call me ato call me wanti kumwa lo. Three people now. That's three people now. There is this guy appeared on child read. He's a mechanic. He learned his mechanic work at or was it Olore. There is one building beside Holore. That is where he learned his own mechanical work. On that very fateful day, he was not around. When they picked this guy, he was picked at Niza. Adeshina Muiwa was picked at the back of First Bank. There is a guy that is a taxi driver. His name, I couldn't get his name very well. I think it should be Olumide. Yes, Olumide. He also is a rewire. And at times, he still drive Mekra because his boss work at that same place. That is um, along that Olore area. So he's riding Mekra. So he do go, come back. Anytime he did not have work at the shop, he will just do, use that so that he can survive. When there is no work at the shop, he will go on the road for him to provide for his own 
self and your relatives. Following the arrest of these people, there were denials. And shortly afterwards, it was discovered that they were locked up at the special anti-robbery squad SARS office in Dubai. At the initial stage, we put to the ground at Dubai SARS office. That is where we stood. And that very fateful day, we were there with not less than six lawyers. But as God we have it, they deny that they don't have anybody in their custody. And you know, when you, are, you cannot verify to the lawyer, there is little they can do. It was after two, um, two weeks, that's when we know where they are. So when we discovered this where they are, one of the police officers kept at SAS office. There is a, guy, a police officer, I think is a sergeant, Peter Otwede. He was rescued on the 20th of October 2020. He ran down to the house of this man, uh, Arias house. Mm. He met these two guys on their father's, um, on their father's chair in their parlor. So when he came inside, they thought he's something boggling. They rose up from there. That was going on. He said, ah, hey, yo, Miami. He was the one that broke the news to their father. Immediately, the father said, Okay, so Diki, Afisi, Edward, Lobby, Uncle, sit down here. They are the one who healed this man with his AK 47, and he himself even testified before Justice Abbas that truly they saved him. So when he got to their headquarters, you know, there is no how anything is going on in a jurisdiction where you walk. You know how things are going. When he got there, he just called the Baba. Hello, Baba. Baba first called him. Hello. Ah, Marama Vrure. He now said, Ah, Baba, am I worried? Am I can she see? First, the second day. When he just called, Hello, Baba. Motiri Wau. Wau is his office. Interestingly, the federal government during the protests said it had disbanded SARS. And when the father of the two brothers arrested attempted to secure their release, 1.2 million naira was allegedly demanded. But the moment he got feedback that, okay, this is where they are, his mind comes down a little bit so that from there they can proceed. Then he now said that, okay, this is the next thing you do, go and look for money. Hmm. You know? When they said go and look for money, another person also called. They told the Baba that he should look for 1.2 million naira. That with 1.2 million naira, the two persons will be freed. The Baba did not have the money he can spend. The case is now in court, even as it remains a tug of war to get justice. From there, I met with some of the lawyers. There are five lawyers representing the nine of them. So from then we've been going. At that time they call, okay, we are joined to so 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 day, this is day. So from there we've been going. But what we discover is that it's like these people are using delete tactics when they know they cannot win the case. The police, um, what is it called? At times they might not come. It got it gets to some time, some moment that the justice himself gets angry at them that see, if you fail to produce the high pew in charge of this case, that is not, he doesn't care about sending them to prison. Which court is this? That's state high court too. 
State High Court too. Yes. Um, when was the last time you were in court for this case? I think that should be September. Is it during the seven? It's September. And the case has been adjourned again? Um, that's September, you know. This issue, we, we discover something along the line because the person taking the case ought to be on vacation. But due to his own humanity, he said he's not going for a vacation. That he's going to start the case and deliver justice. So you have to put everybody on hold. That okay, if we continue with the trial, that is not going anywhere. So f along the line, it went. We had that I went to sit for an examination. From there, we got the news that he has been promoted as a president, as president of court of appeal at the state. From there, that is where we are having issue. The moment these um, prosecutors team know that. Oga has been promoted and he only have limited time. So they start to waste the time. There will be time that the justice will be on seats. They will not. So all the trash just So you've, you've not been able to get judgment for these people and We've they're still not in been, detention. They are still in detention. They are still in detention because even along the line, Ikenai uh, Amichi, he lost his mother. That's one of those in detention. One of those in detention. He lost his mother. His younger sister was also raped. Sadly, police brutality and extortion remains a daily experience for many young Nigerians. Listen to Taiwo Eric, a music producer, narrate his own experience. As of now, I can still tell you that there is still police brutality because four days ago, I was passing through, uh, I, 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 I went to Elisha Garage in Akure, then I wanted to collect something at Bini Garage along uh, Express Road. So I have to pass through the Express. On my way going, I, I, I tied up my seat belts. I met the road safety, they never stopped me. So I went to the park to get what I wanted to collect. Then when I'm coming back, before I get there, I've seen a, uh, a checkpoint of police wearing jacket. They were not even on uniform. They looked like touts. They don't look like a police officer. They stopped me. I wind down. They asked me, where is my vehicle papers? I showed them. They asked me, where is my uh, car tinted permit? I showed them. Then they asked for my driving license. I told them, this is a new liquor. And I told them that I haven't gotten the driving license because I processed it through the, uh, the road safety officers. Because the, the, the checking point they were standing that very day, the uh, road safety officers, they were standing there too. And it's one of those officers at the checking point one of, one of the road safety officers that is processing the driving license for me. So thank God, I saw the person, I have to call the person to come over that. See what is happening. They stopped me, they asked for my driving license. Please, you are a road safety officer and you are the one who is processing my driving license. What do you have to say about it? Then one of the, one of the officers who I think is the, is, is the team leader of the, of the squad, 
he came to me then he starts harassing me that i'm being rude to him i can't even talk to him like a lot of sort of things but i never replied them because those people they were with gun i may say that they won't shoot and they might trigger the gun so i just have to be calm with them so supposedly now that that very day i was exchanging word with them something else might happen so there's still police brutality especially among those people they called uh, uh anticortes or scorpion squad so use his words not much has changed at all nothing has changed till this moment two weeks after the accident that occurred on your 20th october 2020 some guys were extorted at ajibode so in which this is what we are clamoring for that we don't want extortion of young nigerians on the streets in Ogumosho, the death of Jimo Isiaka was followed by visits from notable personalities, including the governor of Oyo State, Engineer Shei Makinde. And at these visits, promises yet to be fulfilled were made. You know when something happens, you will get a lot of promises. Commissioners, senators, all of them came. Even Governor Makinde came. A lot of them. Sunday diary, Alaji Fatai Buari, and different kinds of people came and made a lot of promises. At some point, Sunday diary sent his PA to us to have the kind of job we, the parents of the boy, are into. But you know how the government works. the governor also promised us, but we didn't see anything. It was the following day that Makinde came. There was some money we spent in Bowen teaching at that time. Makinde gave us one million to clear the bills. That's all. There was no... In fact, that day, they didn't know his wife. They have never seen his wife before. They, did, they didn't give his wife But you know, the government takes a long time. Okay. Um. The only money received was to offset the cost of one million naira 
incurred at the hospital before the death of Jimo Isiaka. It is however important to note that in the past one year, a panel has sat at the House of Chiefs or your State House of Assembly, but the report of the panel has not yet been submitted to the state governor. And Nigerians continue to express concerns about the integrity of the panel. Okay, I think the panel was, was a good one. I think it was brought up to assuage the the hurt and the pains of the victims of such harassment and victimization. I think it was a good one that came up when it was needed. However, there were concerns from some mongoose that the members of the panel were people picked by the government and not picked by the people that actually need this truth, that actually need these inquiries to be addressed, that actually need these situations to be to be fully worked on. So that, that's just a concern of most people. But for many, a major point of concern is the fact that the police is back on the road and it is still business as usual. That's why I said uh, the the protest was partly not too successful too, because they are back on the streets, they are back in, in people's homes, they are back breaking people's houses just to bring out uh, supposed you know, criminals now in quotes. So they are back and it's unfortunate. Taiwo Eric believes that there are those benefiting from a dysfunctional policing system. Because if if is is not it's not that hard for them to reform or end it without any protest. But because there are there are some little things they are getting from it, that's why they couldn't do that. And Emiola Solomon says a key to solving the challenge is improved welfare for police personnel. You are the one meant to protect the citizen not to extort the citizen. That is why we put in our demands that their salary should be increased. Because we realize that the moment, the moment and the amount they are being paid is not enough for them to run their lives. Then we make a preposition that, okay, if these people, their salary is increased now, the extortion needs to reduce to minimum. Dr. Olatsunji Uluwabukola, Deputy Coordinator with the Civil Society Coalition on Sustainable Development and an employee of Sethers for Human Welfare, says the government could be more proactive. Well, let me say that since that one year, we, we haven't seen or we haven't heard of any tangible thing that has been done, maybe the implementation of the reports of the panels in the states and let me say that the federal government has not come out point blank to give us the uh, whatever they wanted to do what would be the fate of the nine people still in detention is the federal government deliberately misleading nigerians by insisting that all arrested protesters have been released will the shayi Mackinley-led administration claim ignorance of this case what does it say about a government that publicly declared support for young people yet looked away as they were picked and locked up what about the families of those who lost loved ones in the crisis will they ever get justice or closure these are questions that should drive the next line of actions to be taken by the presidency and your state governments we have now come to the end of this week's episode of digging deep 
This episode was scripted and packaged by Zainab Sani. Many thanks to our executive producer, Adebayo Yusuf Gray, and to Adebayo Are for his contribution. If you have a story tip for us, send a message to 0813 663 3938. I am Zainab Sani.